1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. For about a month, I did a series of messages on the Holy Spirit, and I know we had some crazy, crazy weather here. And so if you weren't here in person or missed any of the messages, I would encourage you to watch or listen to them. And then while my father was out preparing and studying for the Holy Week revival, the Lord put it on his heart to deal with vows. And we did that in last Sunday's message, the incredible power of vows. And as we said last Sunday, some ministers abuse vows, but that does not change the fact that vows or making your word come to pass with God doesn't change the fact that that has great power. And just because some ministers abuse a truth or take it to unhealthy extremes and get in the ditch, it doesn't make that truth not true. And of course, Satan always goes after what has great power because he knows it can change people's lives and their circumstances for the better. When we did the series on the truth about money, our two launching scriptures were Matthew 6 and verse 21, where Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then Matthew 6 and verse 33, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. And as we learn, what things? The things that people in the world, they don't know God, they spend their whole lives chasing after, putting first, putting first above God, above others, above their families, seeking to acquire in any way, often in ways that are wrong, wicked, evil, all these things shall be added unto you. So when you put God first, you don't have to chase down the things the world chases after. They will be added under your life. As we saw last Sunday, the most famous vow in the Bible is Jacob's vow in Genesis 28. And there in Genesis 28, Jacob vowed to give God a tithe, a tenth, or 
10% of everything, say everything, that crossed his hands. And no doubt he learned that faith pattern. And, and why do I call it a pattern? Because there is a pattern for success. In any area of life, there is a pattern for success. And whatever you have been gifted to do, whatever you do for a living, there is a pattern of success. And in the kingdom of God, in the word of God, there is a pattern of success. And so Jacob vowed to give God a tenth or a tithe or 10% of everything that crossed his hands. And no doubt he learned that faith pattern, that way of living from his grandfather Abraham and from his father Isaac. On Genesis, in Genesis 28, he was on the way. He was running from home because of what he had done. He had stolen his brother's birthright and his inheritance. He had stolen his brother's blessing. And there on the run, God got a hold of Jacob and dealt with him. And Jacob made a vow. Genesis 28, beginning in verse 20, he made a vow saying, if God will be with me, and will watch over me on this journey I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear. It is amazing how similar this is to Matthew chapter 6. Food to eat and clothes to wear. If God will do this for me, verse 21, so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And he placed a stone there, he poured anointing oil on it after he had a dream, and God dealt with him, and that place was called Bethel, which means the house of God. And he said, of all that you give me, say all, all. of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Now this was at least 270 years before the law was given through Moses. And all this time before Moses, Jacob vowed a vow. No preacher told him to do this. He had obviously learned this from his family, from his grandfather Abraham, from his father Isaac. This was his family's faith pattern for living for God, walking with God, walking in what we would call covenant with Almighty God. And everything in Jacob's life began turning around at this point. See, part of the reason why people get the results they do is they're not all in. They are partially committed. And what people want to do is give God 5% of their life or 10% of their life or obey God over here, but then they have all these areas of their life in which they don't want to obey God. And that won't work. God cannot bless it. And Jacob, despite all of his faults, despite all of his shortcomings, despite all of his imperfections, in Genesis 28, he chose to embrace the faith pattern of his family. And in his life, everything turned around for the better when he embraced the faith pattern of his grandfather Abraham, the faith pattern of his father Isaac. So young people in your life, and I know not all the young people are here in this service, so maybe you'll tell them about it. Young people, you've got to stop running from the truth that you were raised with. Don't be ashamed of the pattern of success that you have been given in the Word of God. Don't be ashamed of the pattern of success that you have been raised with. And young people, don't be like Esau. Don't despise your birthright, your heritage, and your blessing. See, there comes a time 
when you have to decide whether you're going to be a Jacob or an Esau. Turn back a few chapters in your Bible and go to Genesis chapter 25. And it is a choice. You've heard us say that we're living in the days of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 18. You will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, but also between those who serve God and those who do not. And, and we see these distinctions even more now in the days that we're living in. You go back to Genesis 25 to look at the background of Jacob and the background of their family. It says in verse 19, this is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Verse 21, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Verse 23, the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now this was prophesied when both of those boys were in the womb. The older will serve the younger. And what I want you to have clearly in your mind is Jacob could have gone about things the right way. Now Jacob, he chose to go about things the wrong way. He chose to deceive. He chose to lie. He chose to steal. And even despite turning his life around in Genesis 28, you read on in his story, he reaped a negative, negative harvest year after year amongst his family, amongst his children. He, he had a long negative harvest that was unnecessary because of all the negative seeds that he sowed. But it doesn't change the fact that before he was born, the Lord said, the older Esau will serve who? The younger. So young people, you have to decide whether you're going to be a Jacob or an Esau. One of the hardest sayings in the entire Bible is the Lord saying, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. And what was the issue with Esau? Turn over to Genesis chapter 27 to help understand this. Or excuse me, stay in Genesis 25, got ahead of myself. Genesis 25, verse 29, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. And the birthright was a double portion of the inheritance. Now, I like soup on a cold, rainy day, but... There's no soup in the world that would be worth giving up a double portion of your inheritance. I don't care how hungry you were. I don't care if you had just fasted 40 days and were coming off the fast. There's no soup in the world that would be worth a double portion of your inheritance. But that's who Esau was. First, sell me your birthright, Jacob replied. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright? Temporary gain without thinking about the long term. 
Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some of the bread and lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Young people, you have to choose whether you're going to be a Jacob or an Esau. Jacob, even though he started out on the wrong track, Genesis 28, Jacob turned things around. Jacob embraced the faith pattern of his father and grandfather, but Esau spent his entire life doing his own thing, not walking in the faith pattern of his family. And so the Lord said, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What does the book of Hebrews say about Esau? Hebrews 12, verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless. Say godless. Like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. He could not change what he had done. And so young people, you have to decide whether you're going to be a Jacob or an Esau. So there are young people and they grow up and they, they know what the word of God says about living a life wholly committed to God. They grow up and they know what the Bible says about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or what the Bible says about healing or what the Bible says about prosperity. But then they choose to sell that out for a bowl of soup, for bean soup, to make the world happy or to make a friend happy or to date someone, to marry someone that is not of like mind and faith. And in doing so, they sell out. They sell their birthright. And they never know what it could have been to walk in the blessing of God. And what I want you to see as we walk through this today and next Sunday is Jacob, despite all of his faults, he was blessed because he committed to the faith pattern of his father and he committed to the faith pattern of his grandfather, Abraham. So don't, I know in this world we live in, there is great pressure to want to blend in. There is great pressure to want to be liked by the world. Well, James says friendship with the world is hatred toward God. There is great pressure to say, well, I, I know the Bible says this, and I, I know the Bible says that, but we don't really believe it anymore. So you can't head down that road and live a blessed life. So Jacob, he was on the run. And he was on the run because he had gone about things the wrong way. But the reason I took you to Genesis 25 is so you could see with your eyes that the Lord had said, the older would serve the younger. Now, Jacob went about things the wrong way, but he could have gone about things the right way. And he would have had a much better harvest in life had he done that. Genesis 28, verse 20, Jacob made a vow and said, if God will be with me and watch over me on this journey, I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear. So I return safely to my father's house. The Lord will be my God. 
This stone that I have set up as a pillar will be his house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tent. So he went in the complete and opposite direction of Esau. He embraced the faith pattern of his family. And this is when Jacob got right with God. This right here in this moment is when he turned his life around and his circumstances had been began changing for the better. Now Jacob had been a deceiver. His name meant literally he who grasps the heel. He who supplants. He who, we can say it this way, he who sabotages another. He was a cheater. He was a defrauder. He was a deceiver. He was a trickster. He was also a liar. He lied to his brother. He lied to his father. His, his father was an aged man. He could no longer see well. And in one of his last interactions with his father, he lied to his father. It's horrible, terrible. And yet how did Jacob end up blessed? Because he embraced the faith pattern of Isaac and the faith pattern of Abraham. He was on the run and God dealt with him. There's no record of any time before Genesis 28 of Jacob making any effort to connect to God. And so he was on the run from home and from family. He was at his low point. He had had to flee home with nothing but a stick. And yet, he had defrauded, he had deceived, he had stolen the birthright and stolen the blessing. But all Isaac had done was pronounce the blessing over his life. That the Lord would bless those who blessed him. And the Lord would curse those who cursed him. But he fled from home with nothing but a stick, nothing but a, a staff in his hand. So he was at his low point. But God told him in Genesis 28, 15, I am with you. I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. So you might say, Austin, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how I have messed things up at this point. God loves you. And God is gracious and he is merciful. And at any point, at any age, you can commit your life to the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And at any point in your life, you can embrace the faith pattern that we have in the word of God, which we get from Abraham. Because the Bible says, the apostle Paul said, he is the father of our faith. And in him we're blessed, amen. amen. Verse 20 so then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. This stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all, say all, all. that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Now I know the culture that we live in today. I know that as a part of this culture, there is great pressure to water everything down, to be generic. But you know, when I was growing up, nobody that I knew, no friends of mine wanted Sam's Cola. <laughs> but I had a friend or two, and in their lunch, they would get Sam's Cola. But nobody wanted that. Everybody wants Dr. Pepper or Coca-Cola, or if you're from up north, you want Pepsi. Amen. 
but nobody wants the thing that's not Sprite. Is that Sierra Mist? And if you work for some Sierra Mist, I apologize. Ask your forgiveness. Amen. But we all intuitively know none of us want something that is generic. None of us want something even to eat that is an imitation, that is watered down. No, nobody wants to go to a place that advertises New York pizza and it does not taste like New York pizza. And yet in the church world, it's acceptable to make things generic. It's acceptable or cool or popular to water things down. It's acceptable to be so generic Nobody knows what you're saying or what you believe or what you stand for. And I know out here in the culture that has become the norm. Well, you're not going to pull up one day and we've changed the name and it just says church <laughs> or gathering. You know, it says faith Christian center. Maybe we should put an underline under the faith just so people know faith Christian center. You know, my, I believe as long as the Lord tarries, my, my parents will be with us a long, long time. But if, say, the Lord tarried and at some point they went to be with the Lord, you would not pull up and we take the faith and the Christian off the name. But out here in the culture, the new thing is to, to water things down. But when you do that, you remove the power and you remove the anointing and you remove the blessing. And I know that out there in this church culture, that, that it, it's popular to not receive an offering. It's popular to not talk about giving. It's popular to not talk about putting God first. But there's no power in any of that. Right. There's no blessing in any of that. And so that's why we're not afraid to go to Genesis 28. There's not, we're not afraid to tell you about how we live our lives personally because it works. And it has great power. And I don't want to be an Esau. Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. I don't want to be an Esau. I want to be a Jacob. And Jacob, despite all of his faults, he had a light bulb moment in Genesis 28. God in his grace and mercy dealt with him, and he decided to embrace the faith pattern of Abraham and of Isaac. He told the Lord, he made a vow. Of all that you give me, I will give you how much? A tenth. And over time, Jacob became a rich man because of the vow he had made to the Lord. So in the middle of nowhere, on the run, having done all the things that he had done wrong, Jacob, having been dealt with by God, he partnered together with God. His grandfather or father weren't there to talk him into it. In the middle of nowhere, he made up his own mind to partner his life together with God. He was a runaway, but God met him as a runaway. He met this sinner on the run. And right now in your life, wherever you're at, whatever you have done for the Lord, not done for the Lord, whatever areas of your life you have given to the Lord, whatever areas of your life you haven't given to the Lord, our Heavenly Father wants to meet you. And he wants to get you on the right road. He wants you to help you establish a pattern of success in your life. And the truth is, you can't outrun God. Now, our Heavenly Father, He believes in free will. He loves you. 
and he'll deal with you. He'll line up a hundred people to tell you he loves you. Don't head down that road. Don't do that. But he also believes in free will and choice and you have to decide. And that's why I'm saying again and again, young people, whether here now or watching or listening later, you have to decide whether you're going to be a Jacob or an Esau. Because Jacob chose his road and Esau chose his road. Our heavenly father loves you. Say, he loves me. Say, he wants to bless me. He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to meet you where you're at. And he will love you. He will forgive you. He will bless you. He will help you. He'll help you get to where you would have been if you had done things his way all along. The Bible says that he restores the years the locusts have eaten. Whether that's something beyond our control or something we have done by our own poor choices. That's who our wonderful Heavenly Father is. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 6 and verse 14 says, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. That's what He wants to do in your life. That's who our Heavenly Father is. He is a giver. He's not a taker. He is a giver. In Deuteronomy 28, Moses told the people of God, All these blessings will overtake you. That's like what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Or as Moses said, these blessings will overtake you. These blessings will chase you down. You know, people in the world, they, they spend all their time plotting, conniving, conspiring, stepping on each other, all the office politics, trying to get ahead, trying to earn an extra $2 an hour, trying to get someone fired so they can take someone's position. But that's not how it is for us as the children of God. We walk with God and blessings chase us down. We walk with God and blessings overtake us. We're minding our own business on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and blessings chase us down. Blessings overtake us. In the midst of all this craziness in the world, blessings chase us down. So in the middle of nowhere, on the run for his life, with nothing but a stick, nothing but a staff in his hand, Jacob made a vow to give God a tenth, a tithe, or 10% of everything that crossed his hands. And that is when he gave his heart and his life to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Children understand this. See, why, why did Jesus tell us to have faith like a child? They, they simply believe, Amen. and they simply do. They believe, and they do, and they take action. They don't need the children's church teacher to do 25 lessons on how tithing is the plan of God. They hear, they believe, and they take action because they have a heart like a child. They have faith like a child. Sophie, our oldest, when she started losing teeth, she'd come to us and just open her hand and there'd be a tooth or two in her hand, pulling teeth out like she's going to be a dentist or something. (laughs) Michaela, when she had her first loose tooth, it was there for months. And it got to where we said, we are going to have to pull that out of your head. And they, they came 
and Jessica said, you do it, which I didn't want to do. And I held her down. I thought, I, I, I can't do this to one of our, our children, our daughter. So I said, you do it. I, I delegated. Amen. And Jessica, she arm wrestled Sophie, or Michaela, excuse me. And it, it was very dramatic and traumatic, I think. But Jessica got that tooth out, finally. Well, Michaela this week just lost her third tooth, and we, we were just doing something. Heard this great big commotion and screaming, and I was concerned. I thought something was wrong. But Michaela was so excited, she had pulled her own tooth out by herself with no help. Hey, God bless her. Amen? Well, amen. That tooth fairy's not real, but I'm real. And so they know to put their tooth under their pillow. And so I put an Amazon gift card under her pillow, because that, that's what they like. Amen? But it, it was for $25, but our, our children know that whatever crosses our hands, Amen. at a minimum, we're going to give God a tenth or 10% of what crosses our hands. So the next morning, she showed me the gift card. She's like, I want to order something, which they mean right now. Drop what you're doing. Let's, let's spend it right now. Guess they get that from their mother. Amen. And, but then I, I told her, so, but we have to go to church this Sunday, and you have to give a tithe. You have to bring a tithe. And the tithe would be $2.50, but let's just round up, amen. And so bring an extra $3 to give, to bring, to pay in the offering this Sunday because we pay our tithes. And it's not an offering. It is something that belongs to the Lord. We, we pay our tithes. So children understand this. I've never once received a critical email from a child. And they can email so I could get one if they were upset. Faith like a child, a heart like a child. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So in this moment when Jacob made God his God, he said, I'm going to give you 10% of everything that you bless me with. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And this should be the heart and the attitude of every believer. This should be the heart and attitude of every born-again man or woman. Every new child of God should make a vow, a promise like Jacob, to give God 10% of everything the Lord blesses them with. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Leviticus 27 and verse 30 says, a tithe of everything. How much? Everything, everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So it belongs to him. It is holy to him. It is to be set apart. Where we're not owners. We're stewards of everything God entrusts us with. And so the tithe belongs to the Lord. And we aren't giving anything to God. We're not giving an offering until our tithes have been paid. And you hear, you know, if you want to find some website to tell you that adultery is okay, you'll find a website. If you want to find some nutty person on Facebook that'll tell you some sin is okay, you'll find it. If you want to try and find a website that'll tell you you don't need to do this and you don't need to do that, you'll find it. But there is no blessing in it. And I learned from my father, and he learned from men of God like Fred Price to evaluate the fruit of the person that you're listening to. I never cease to be amazed how young men my age can give up what they believe, can give up the faith pattern of Abraham and the faith pattern of Isaac because somebody on Facebook 
posted an unkind comment or a critical comment or a critical tweet. You know, I look people up. Now, somebody was criticizing one of my friends constantly. I looked the guy up. He, he has a house church in a little house with his wife. That is no one that any pastor anywhere should be listening to. So you got to learn to evaluate the fruit of who you're listening to. And not just in the things of God, in your work, what you do for a living, in your marriage, amen? When uh, you have a disagreement with your spouse, when uh, it's rocky with your spouse, don't talk to the family member that has gone through 25 relationships and none of them have worked out. You are not going to get good advice, amen? And so it's a pattern. It's a choice. And Jacob, despite all of his faults, he embraced the faith pattern of his family. But Esau, he chose a different road. And the Lord said, and this is in the Old Testament, this is in the New Testament, Paul quotes it in Romans, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. It is a choice, which path, which road. Jacob made a decision to embrace the faith pattern of his family. He had made many mistakes. He had hit rock bottom. All he had was a staff, a stick. He was on the run, but he made the most important decision of his life. He made the God of his grandfather his God. He made the God of his father his God. And he chose to live like Abraham and to live like Isaac. And he made a vow to give the Lord a tithe. 10% of everything that crossed his hands. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. The Living Bible says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. We have to remember that, that money, finances, it's not evil. It is the love of those things that is a evil. So Jacob made the decision to tithe when he had nothing. He had nothing but a stick, a staff in his hand. Yet he made the decision to embrace the faith pattern of his family. Now before we conclude, look at how much God blessed him and how blessed he was just 20 years later. Don't want that to fall, amen. Look at Genesis chapter 32. When he had returned home, he feared his brother Esau, whom he had wronged. And then he prayed in Genesis 32, beginning in verse 9, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. So he started out, and he had nothing but a stick. But after about two decades, say two decades, and you'll hear us say sometimes, time is going by no matter what you do, whether you do the right things or you do the wrong things. That's why we encourage people to finish their education. You might say, I can't finish it in one year. I can't finish it in two years. I can't finish it in five years. Time is going by no matter what you do. So you might as well do the right things. Amen? Amen. So just about two decades now I have become 
two groups. He had become rich. He had so many cattle and goats and donkeys and camels. They could not move in one group. They would devastate the land if they did so. He had become rich. He had become blessed. God had told him, get up, go back to Bethel. That's the house where he had met God and where he had made his vow. In verse 9, God did not say, go back home and I'll make you poor. Go back home and I'll require you to give all of this up and have nothing. See, we've, we've missed it. He asks us for very little. Our Heavenly Father asks us for very little. The government every year wants more and more and more and more. The idols of this world, they want everything. They want your, your children. And what God asks of us is to give him a tenth of what crosses our hands. And people simply refuse to do it. And that's why they don't walk in the blessing of the Lord. And year after year goes by, they don't walk in the blessing of the Lord. They don't increase. They don't make progress. God did not say to Jacob, go back home and I'll make you poor. He said, go back to your country, to your relatives, and I will make you prosper. Look at verse 9, Genesis 32, verse 9. Go back and I will make you prosper. Yet we see he had already been prosper. So God wanted to prosper him even more. Say this, say, God will make me prosper. God will make me prosper. Say, my heavenly Father, my heavenly Father wants, me to prosper. wants me to prosper. Now, it doesn't all happen overnight. It doesn't all happen by next week. But if you walk with the Lord over time, you'll be blessed and more blessed. And then you'll look back and you'll be amazed and you'll say, look what the Lord has done. And you can read the story of Jacob. God blessed him. And God blessed him despite him working for his conniving, thieving uncle. And that was part of Jacob's harvest because of the seeds he had sown. Yet even though he worked for his conniving, thieving, stealing uncle, he was blessed by God. And after just 20 years, he was so blessed they had to split up into multiple groups. And yet despite all of that, God said, I'm going to prosper you even more. Today at 39, I am amazed at what God has done. Just since Jessica and I were married in 2006, God enables us to be more generous all the time. God enables us to give away more and more every year, and yet we have plenty left over. We have not gone backwards. That is the blessing of God. With God, all things are possible. Say, God will make me prosper. God will make me prosper. But I want you to see it's a choice. Amen. The way of Jacob, like his father, his grandfather, or to head down the road of Esau doing your own thing. And someone can grow up in church. They can hear all the right things. They can have a father like Isaac. And they can still head down the road of Esau. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. 
we would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.